Folks, if it was any better than this, it'd have to be wrong. Amen. Wow, what a church. What a wonderful presence. What a choir. Thank you. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for all those remarks. Me and Jesus know better. But thank you anyway. I uh, come to you somewhat perplexed in my spirit. Just kind of can't figure out what happened this morning. I never did get to my sermon. Everybody's telling me how great it was. I figured God's unimpressed with my notes. Wow. <clears throat> thank you again for letting me come. It's been an honor to me. I'm the one that's blessed. You know, the Bible says the less is blessed of the greater. I'm the one that's blessed. Thank you for letting me come. I would direct your attention. Now, let me see. Uh, Seven o'clock. Come on. I got nowhere to go but to heaven. And if you're going to hell, you don't want to go early. <laughs> That's one place I don't want to go early. Well, I, I, I can't make our adversary disappear, but I can do the next best thing. I'm going to expose him. <clears throat> Reading in your hearing. The Gospel according to Isaiah, chapter 14 and chapter 61. And uh, I'll, I'll come out of the chute moving. And uh, I'll, I'll just, you don't do nothing, I'll just enjoy myself. Isaiah 14. I hear so much trash and junk and craziness going on in this world. I know we're in a lot of tragedy and trauma and, and stuff. But uh, I'm going to tell you what. Sometimes God has got to divorce us from all our trinkets and toys so that the Lord will be the help of His people. Now, there's nothing wrong with making investments and owning property and, and having retirement and, and all that stuff, but, but you've got to hold it very loose because, because ain't nothing from this place going there. I mean, in, in one minute, two towers went down and the world's in chaos. In, in one minute, God can just put Babylon on its face and get the church just moving into a revival and set the stage and, and, and get everybody nervous and upset. That's good. That's good. See, the, the devil used to do persecution. Now he does prosperity. Well, well, I'm home in Gainesville. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Reading from verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I'll ascend into heaven. I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I'll ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. See, God doesn't just prophesy to Pentecostals. He prophesies to devils. He declares the end from the beginning of things that are not as though they were. He said, you better be careful about stinking thinking. You better be careful what you tell yourself because God listens. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man? Now this has got a dual interpretation to it. He's talking about Lucifer. 
But he's talking about an incarnation also of a man. Don't get, don't get messed up on it. The scripture can have more than one meaning. Okay? And he says, they're going to look and say, is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake kingdoms? That made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof that opened not the house of his prisoners? Is it, it, this bum? I let this bum hold me hostage? This bum? What's the matter with me? I'm, I'm, was I on drugs? I want you to look at the last part of what I just read. And opened not the house of his prisoners. Now turn to 61 of Isaiah. This is the messianic prophecy that Jesus quoted in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. And he says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Here it is. And the opening of the prison to them that are bound. So now we have the clash and the contrast of two ministries. I want to talk to you for a little while, if I could, just on this subject. I want to talk to you about the prison guard, the prisoners, and the prison god. I'm going to let it sink a second because you've got to listen to this. The prison guard, that's Lou. The prisoners, that be you. And the prison god, that be him. You got a guard and you got the guarded. And then you got the god who's bigger than the guards and the guarded. <laughs> Lord, bless the ministry of the word. Help me to preach real good. Help me, Lord, not to be long-winded, be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Save and heal and deliver and set free. Now, Lord, I know I'm coming against the adversary and he don't like it and it's just tough for him. I come in Jesus' name and believe that I have authority and power over every devil and demon, every evil spirit. I pray that you loose into this house the ministry of angels to do battle for the souls of men and women. In Jesus' name I pray and everybody said amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap before you're seated. Hey! Woo! You may be seated. Praise God. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, The thief comes but to steal, to kill, and destroy. Most and carefully, there's an equation. It's mathematics. It's progressive. God tells you the devil who's the thief, a liar, a murderer. He comes to steal. He wants to steal before he can ever kill or destroy. He's got to take something from you. You know what he wants? He wants to take your faith. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your little shout. He wants to steal your hand clapping. He wants to steal your ecstasy. He wants... But that devil is a liar. I'm not going to let him steal nothing. <laughs>
He wants to take you hostage. Don't let him take you hostage. He's not as bad as he says he is. He's not as powerful as he says he is. Uh, you, 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 you be seated. He wants to take things away from you. Let, let me try it again. Maybe I'm, my mic's not on. I'll go over here in the cheap seats. Let me help you for a second. You ready for this? Now, just this section right here. Unshared joy always dies young. They didn't hear me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unshared joy. That means from heart to face, from lips to life. Every once in a while in a service, you ought to just turn around and say, Boy, that was good. Mm. Ain't God good? When you make a conversation like that, hell starts to shake. Hell gets upset. Hell starts using, losing its ability to hold you hostage. Hell doesn't know what to do with a thankful person, with a praising person, with a worshiping person. Hell doesn't know what to do with someone who will bless God even when they're hurting. Unshared joy dies young. Well, I, I'm going to find my niche here in a second. Oh, God. You see, a hostage is somebody who's held against their will. And 1 Timothy 2, 24, 5, and 6 says, Watch out for the devil who takes people captive at his will. His will overrides their will. Listen carefully. Not because his will is more powerful Oh no, that's one of his lies. He tries to tell you he's stronger than you. He's more powerful than you. Oh no, the greatest thing in the universe is God's will. The second thing is human will. The third thing is satanic. You didn't hear me. I know of the original streaker in Mark 5, the Gadarene, living in the cemeteries and wearing no clothes, full of a legion of devils. But when he saw Jesus, his will said, I'm going to get to him. And 2,000 devils couldn't hold him. What's holding us? If you will to be free, you can be free. If you will to make a change, you can be changed. I will bless the Lord at all times. No, no, no. Excuse me. You be see. Now I'm going to mess with you, okay? I, I need some good. Oh, there's a lot of good looking folks over here. Now, now, I want all of you. Would you please, for just a second, turn to the left or the right and say, uh, Excuse me. Don't, don't get upset. I'm an ex con. They didn't hear me. Let me. I'm going to get over here. Look to the left or the right and, and say, excuse me. Uh, please forgive my antics and my acting up. Don't be offended, but, but I'm an ex-con. No, you, you're not hearing what I'm saying yet. We were all held prisoners of the devil. 
but somebody greater than Satan came to open the prison doors. He came to do what the devil didn't want done. You may can't get out, but he can get in. And if he gets in, you're both coming out. Am I doing good yet? Let me tell you what Webster, now he doesn't have a license with us, but he wrote a good book. He says a prison is a place of confinement, a building holding convicted criminals, holding accused people awaiting a trial, a holding place for captured soldiers and confined captives. And now I add it to his book because I know more. Here's how you can identify somebody in prison. They're praiseless. They're being held hostage by their past. They were molested. They were hurt. They've been through a divorce. They've been through a mess. They lost a baby. So what? Don't let your prison be anything less than a house of praise. Well, you're not hearing me. I'm fixing to go crazy. You, you, you sit down. You know that when hell locks you up, when you have an impure thought, you have a bad day, you kind of fudge on your money, you're not too honest about stuff, you watch or read or listen stuff you shouldn't, and you get put in a prison of condemnation. And guilt shackles you to the wall. And hell laughs and says, I don't open the doors of my prison. You just hold on because I hear someone coming down the hall. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the good news. To set the captives free. Here it is. To open the prison doors. That's what Christmas is all about. Don't gripe about what this world is coming to. Start shouting about what's come to this world. No, no. Excuse me, Reverend. I don't mean to take liberty. No, no, you folks stand up. Stay standing up. I, I want to get the mummies up for a second. You folks that are standing up, are, are you ex-cons? Well, let me tell you, I got scripture for it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I once was lost in sin. But Jesus took me in. Then a little light from glory filled my soul. I was doomed and damned. But he put a dance in my spirit. He put a song in my mouth. be seated now all you folks waiting for me to get to the good part I'm there you see why some of you ain't out of your prison yet you ain't admitted you're a prisoner hell's lied to you remember he's a liar he's a deceiver there's no truth in him when he talks he talks trash 
He's perverted in his mentality. He's a, you got, you got to have pity on him because somebody's crushed his head. He ain't thinking right. You're not hearing me. When Jesus crushed his head, he doesn't have anything to bite you with. He doesn't have anything to hold you. All he can do is slither and hiss and threaten you. But greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. I wish the ex-cons would just jump up a little bit. Anybody in the house got a record? You can sit down. <laughs> I'm an ex-con. You know, in neighborhoods, they don't want ex-cons living in their neighborhood. They don't want folks that have a prison uh, record. They don't want any of them around them. Well, you're stuck with us, babe. Because we came out of a bigger prison than, than anybody has ever robbed a bank or raped a woman or stole. So, oh no, the spiritual prison is an awesome prison. You can't just get out by naming and claiming it and blab it and grab it and believe in Jesus. It won't work. Mm. I'm going to try it again. He opened not the prison doors of his captives. And Jesus said, oh, that's what I've come to do. I, I just come to open doors. Notice what it didn't say. It didn't say, and I come to grab you by the nostrils and yank you out and make you do something. No, no, no. I'll open the door. Now you either walk out, dance out, run out, shout out, or stay in. Am I doing good yet? Let, let us sit down and just say, let me tell you a story. Everybody knows I like to play with that hocus pocus and prestidigitation and all that stuff. And I've been a student for years of, of uh, a fellow that you all know by the name of Houdini. But Houdini's real name was Eric Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. -S. Eric Weiss was buried just around the corner from my house in Glendale, New York. He died on Halloween, and to this very day, every year, they have a seance in Glendale, New York, because he promised if there was a way to escape from the spirit world, he would come back. God's got a lock you can't undo. Now, now watch me, because this is powerful. Houdini challenged the Russian government and broke out of a boxcar that was sent to the Russian front. He broke out of every British jail. He broke out of uh, box crates and chains and shackles. And he broke out of, out of uh, straitjackets hanging upside down in Madison Square Garden. He broke out of everything except when the French government challenged him. And the French government challenged him and said, we can put you in a cell, you can't get out. He said, oh, I can get out. Well, they chained him. They locked him behind his hands. They put all kinds of straitjacket stuff and manacles on his arms. Chained him to the wall. In 15 minutes, so the story says, he was out of every handcuff, every lock, and he was out of the straitjacket. But for the next six hours, Harry Houdini tried his best. He had little files in his gums. He had little pieces of stuff in between his toes where he could pick locks. For six hours, Houdini did his very best to pick a lock. And finally, as the story says, exhausted and filled with a feeling of futility and frustration and failure, 
The story says Houdini, Harry Houdini, Eric Weiss, the son of a Hungarian rabbi, fell against the door which opened. And the French said, he can pick any lock and get out of anything. Let's let him waste his energy on time trying to pick a lock that's not locked. I'm here to tell you right now, hell's trying to buffalo you and snow job you and tell you that you're locked up. But Jesus of Nazareth has come from another world and has snatched the keys out of his hand. He's got the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And if you just push against the door, come on, just push against the door, you can come out of your prison because Jesus unlocked it. You don't have to be immoral. You don't have to be a drug addict. You don't have to be a liar. You don't have to be a cheat. The door is open. Don't let the devil say, don't touch that. You'll be surprised when that door opens. What a feeling. He told me I couldn't get off cigarettes. I couldn't stop drinking. Couldn't stop honky-talking. What a liar. I pushed on the door and walked into the highway of a brand new lifestyle. He would not open the prison door voluntarily. So Jesus made him open the door. Can I talk a few minutes? He's a deceiver. He's a thief. He's a killer. He's a predator. He seeks to capture men's souls alive. He refuses to release his prisoners. Oh yes, because he has both right and legal power to do so. Adam sold the human race into bondage. Oh yes, he did. Oh yes, he is the legal man of this world. He is the small g, God of this world. Please don't get frustrated with denominations and organizations and groups of churches that seem to blow and go and fill auditoriums and, and just have so much going on and live like a bunch of sleaze bags. Don't worry about that. Because the scripture gives you the answer. He flashed that stuff in front of Jesus one day and said, You see this world and all its riches, all its applause, all its accolade, all its stuff? I'm in charge of that and I give it to anybody I want. No, no, you're not hearing me. See, people don't understand that because people get stuff, that does not mean that God's pleased. You're still not hearing me. I'll try. I'll go slow. Ishmael and Isaac were the two children. But Ishmael could, could reproduce more and more and more and more and quicker and quicker and quicker, according to Galatians 4. So that the children of the bondwoman were more than the children of the wife. What is that saying? It's not as easy to produce supernatural miraculous births as it is for flesh to multiply. You're not hearing me yet. See, the Bible says the goodness of God, Romans 2, leadeth thee to repentance. But the world has said, the goodness of God is his signature that he's pleased with me. Not hardly. When God gives goodness and blessings to people and lets Satan play with them, he's trying to get them to come to repentance. 
Excuse me for pastoring. Excuse me. You see, that's what happened when Hagar got picked up from Egypt. You see, when they were down in Egypt, Sarah was barren. Does God have a sense of humor? Every time God gets ready to do a prophecy, he hooks up some guy whose woman is shut down. He marries every one of his, his great men to some chicks that can't produce nothing. He gets the biggest kick out of just, just, just hooking you up with a prophetic promise and then letting you be married to barrenness. I made you a father of many nations, Abe. And I'm giving you a bride that can only produce a headache. Isaac, I'm going to let you walk in the covenant of Abe. And by the way, your wife ain't going to have no babies either. God just gets a big kick at it. Just stands back and makes you promises and then watches you try to frustrate your flesh to fulfill it. And then finally when your flesh gets tired and you realize her flesh can't do it, God says, now that you're both out of wind and you're both on Geritol, I'm stepping in. You don't want to build a church on talent. You don't want to build a church on charisma. You want to build a church on the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. Let God be God. And then he turned around and he let Jacob marry a chick that he loved very much, Rachel. And Rachel was beautiful but barren. Sounds like the caricature of many of our churches. Beautiful but barren. God's interested in one thing. Fruit. Reproduction. Not a nice cathedral. Reproduction. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much and then he turns around and he lets you get married into a situation that there can't be any fruit from it. And God, I can see him in my mind. I may be a sick man needing therapy, but in my mind, God's in the corner going, if, if. Watch this, Michael. Hey, Gabe, watch this. I'm going to tell him one. Until you're finally straining at the bit. And finally you reach a place of honest transparency and you say, I can't make this happen. That's when God says, I was waiting on that. Because it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Could you get me one scripture I didn't ask you to get? I'm sorry to throw you a curve. Exodus 3, 19 and 20. I just feel so good here. I'm among friends. In Exodus 1, 13 and 14, the Bible said, The Egyptians made the Israelis' lives bitter with bondage, in prisons of pain, humiliation, and shame. In Exodus 2 and 23, it said that the Israelis in their prison in Egypt sighed by reason of their bondage, and they cried. But watch this in Exodus 3, 19 and 20. Read for me. And Ray. I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. Now wait a minute. Cause why? Because the king of Egypt is a type of Satan. He doesn't open the doors of his prison. So even though I've given you a divine messenger and a man with a magic stick, 
He will not let you go. Read. No, not by a mighty hand. Even after a big bunch of stuff happens, he won't let you go. Because you're his trophy. Right. Watch this. And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And now what? And after that, he will let you go. I wish I had a witness in the house. Is anybody besides me got so much hell going on in your life? You need a God to fix it? I got one. Don't you hear? That's a prophecy to the human race. Satan ain't going to let you go. Pharaoh's not going to let you go. Sin of the world's not going to let you go. But God says, when I step in and when I throw my weight around, when I get finished, he's going to let you go. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but your business isn't with the Pentecostals of Alexandria. Your business isn't with the Baptists and the Presbyterians or UPC or NBC. Your business is with J-E-S-U-S. He's the liberator. He's the savior. He's the one that opens the prison door. Psalms 142. You can be seated just a second. I'll be there in a minute. I'm almost there. I'm halfway through. On my right hand. Now David's talking. A man after God's own heart. He said, "I looked at my right hand, and, I, and, and the wind blew, and my pages went." That's okay. And on my left. But there, on my right hand, and yeah. behold, there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Now watch what he's saying. I'm in trouble. I'm out a bunch of hell and chaos. I'm being held hostage by circumstances, life, and situations, and I'm trying to get my family and friends to fix it. And God steps in and says, I won't let your family fix it. No man cared for my soul. And I won't let your pals fix it. No man. Wait a minute. Lest you call them God. Mm -hmm. And I won't let you fix it. Uh. Lest you give yourself credit for being Savior. Yeah. I'll fix your life so your back is against the wall. So that when you come out of it, your test will birth a testimony. You hear me? I think I'm preaching better than you're looking. Don't you get it? God puts us in stuff that you can't fix because He won't share His praise and glory with another. And if you and I can fix it, we're the Savior. Oh, I paid my way. I invested my way. I, I fixed this. I got this. I just fasted and prayed till my belly button fell out of my head. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. And you'll start patting yourself on the back and say, man, I'll just spiritual man. Won't happen. Sometimes God will just let you stay in the jail until you finally realize you can't pick the lock and you can't get out and you've got all your appeals done with and you ain't got no more tricks to pull and no more lawyer friends and you can't write a letter to the governor or the judge and finally you say, hey! I can't get out. Yeah. God says, I've been waiting for you to say that. Yeah. You're not hearing me. Thank you for making me feel so welcome in Gainesville. You're not hearing me. Folks, you don't get no points for staring. I hate to tell you this, but vultures and buzzards lie on stuff that don't move. 
Even a nasty fly will land on a cold stove. You can't bake nothing in an oven that ain't hot. Look, we'll go back to class. Turn left or right and say, pardon me, I'm an ex-con and I'm fixing to knock your wig off. We all start this life, Elder Man Anthony Mangan, with a record. But Job said, but when God got finished with me, my record is on high. If you get a record on high, the low record don't count. I'm halfway there. It's 830. I'm halfway there. Did you sit down? Just, I just, cried unto the Lord. I said. I, wait a minute. I cried unto the Lord. First time in all this chaos, I cried unto the uh -huh. Lord. Watch what he said. He said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in go. the land of the living. Here we go. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, stronger. for they are stronger than I. Here it is. Bring my soul out of prison. Stop. If a man after God's own heart could appeal to Jehovah, bring my soul out of prison. He didn't say bring my body or my carcass. That's not the issue. Your soul is your emotions, your will, your intellect. If God brings your soul out, you can stay in the chaos and endure it. You ever wonder why God let the three Hebrews stay in the fire so long? He wanted them to be a testimony. You didn't hear me. Why did he let him stay in so long? So finally the pagan king would jump up and say, put in three, there's four, and they're walking around acting kind of happy. And then God said, now let him out. Do you know that sometimes God will let you in a furnace of affliction and tragedy and problems and situations and pressures and you wonder why God don't let you out? Oh no, he's got a, he doesn't own a time wax. He, time wax. He's got his own watch. When he thinks it's enough time and all the sinners have watched you and all the backsliders have watched you and the family has watched you and you finally reach the apex of a testimony, then he'll with one moment go, come out. Folks, God ain't the only one watching us in our trouble and our trial. This world is watching us. The devil's watching us. The backslider's watching us. Let's give him a testimony. I need to preach just a few more minutes. Bring my soul out of prison. Here it is. That I may praise thy name. Now stop right there. Now, this is the old dispensation. Now, David was a man at the God's own heart, and he was a praise and worship machine. Got no critiquing for him, but he was under a different dispensation. His victory was outside himself. The Holy Ghost was not yet given. So, so what he said was proper for his day. Bring me out, and I'll praise you. But in Acts 16, Paul said, I'll praise you whether you bring me out or not. Why? Because I got victory on the inside. I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost on the inside. You don't have to bring me out to praise you. I'll praise you while I'm in.
you, you can sit down. I'm going as quick as I can. He said, bring my soul out of prison and I'll praise you. And then the Israelis said in Psalms 126 verses 1 and 2, when the Lord turned our captivity. We were like them that dream. Watch. Then was our mouth filled with singing and our feet with dancing. Now I'm going to try it again. I want to find out where the ex-cons in because there's only about 60 ex-cons in here because if you've been brought out, your mouth ought to be filled with singing and your feet with dancing. I couldn't stop smoking, but he helped me stop. I couldn't stop cursing, but he, oh, pardon me, I've got to have a fit. I couldn't stop lying, but he brought me out. Pardon me. The curse of Pentecost is too many silent saints. Anybody in the house got the Holy Ghost? Would you mind telling your face, your feet, and your mouth? Oh my, oh my, oh my. I guess I better turn over there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not helping you here yet. Watch this. We were like them that dream. Our mouth was filled with laughter. Our tongue with singing. Here it is. Then said they. Among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. You see, you and I coming out of our prison isn't just for our emancipation. It's for an expression of the gracious goodness of God so that the heathen will say, he brought you out of that. There's hope for me. You used to do what? And God... I'm very sorry, Bishop. I'm having a little problem right here. Excuse me. I never was a drug addict, but I was a booze hound. But I understand the world of drugs. When they need to get high and feel better, they do a line. Here's how it works. White dust, straw and now they get hallucinating and feel good now, now I can't do that because I don't do drugs but I do a line every once in a while great is the Lord and greatly to be praised no weapon formed against me shall prosper I'll never leave you nor forsake you I'll never put on you more than you're able to bear Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Satan holds the doors closed. But Jesus said, I've come to open the doors of the prisoners. Then if you've been brought out of prison, why don't you magnify God and worship God and make your voice to be heard on high?
Aleluia! 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 Somebody in this house, hell is holding you in a prison of guilt and shame. But if you repent and ask for mercy, that guilt will leave. That shame will go. The door will swing open. Somebody in this house is being held hostage in a prison of your past. Why don't you repent? Why don't you ask God to forgive you and heal your mind and your emotions? Because once you repent and are water baptized in Jesus' name, baby, you ain't got no past. All you got is a future. Can I have about 10 minutes? 10 minutes and I'll finish. He brought me out. He came into my prison. You got to hear me. This is what Christmas is all about. It ain't about fatso giving out all that stuff, getting his rear end caught in that chimney. He can't get down that chimney. About all them Twinkies with long ears and funny kind of shoes. That ain't what this is all about. About some dumb reindeer going to the bathroom on your lawn. That ain't what this is all about. This is about to wit God was in Christ reconciling the world on to himself Whew. for God so loved the world that he he became what he wasn't so we could become what God wanted us to be he became flesh so we could become adopted sons and daughters of God he stepped in the time so we can live in eternity eating your fingernails worrying about 9-11 are you loony this whole world's fixing to come to a crash. And there's a, there's a sound coming from another world that's going to say, come up higher, children. It's time to, don't you get it? It's time to go to the party. Do you know that when moms and dads, we have a very, very wonderful and prosperous and blessed prison ministry in our church. And probably people that are getting the Holy Ghost and baptized more than anybody in our church is all these people we keep bringing from the work release. You know why? They're the only ones we're really trying to see if the gospel works on. And every time we preach to them, they jump in the water, they talk in tongues like a Chinese laundry, they come back out, they run down the street, they start talking to other people in the prison, we go out and have Bible studies, we bring them in. You know that sometimes silly Pentecostals, we sit the back, almost two full rows of them now, and the silly Pentecostals just kind of... They forgot they were prisoners. Paul put it this way, and such were some of you. Some of us were whoremongers. Some of us were drunks. Some of us were liars. Some of us were immoral. Some of us were terrible. But God, who is rich in mercy, didn't give a flip about what we become. He was interested in what he was going to make us into. Before you're seated, can I get a witness? Anybody come out? Has anybody come out of something? I'm not asking you to tell everybody what you come out. It might be embarrassing. Have you come out? Now put your hands up. I want one more favor. 
all of us that have come out, since we've been out, anybody besides me in our own stupidity and wrong choices have put ourselves back in and we had to repent and we come back out again? <laughs> Honey, I've been in and out so many times, I almost have a turnstile for a prison door. Now, you can laugh and be spiritual all you want to, but I've made so many promises to God that I have violated and failed and frustrated the grace of God. If you get me out of this, God, I'll never do this again. I'll never make that choice. I'll never say that. I'll never watch that. I'll never... And ain't but a few weeks, I'm back in the prison again. As soon as you get in the prison, see, your prison guard, he throws guilt on you. He'll throw shame on you. He'll bring up your past and he'll bring up your violated vow and he'll bring up your broken promise. That's when you're in that prison cell and you're gone. God, I'm not worthy of the least of your mercies and I'm, I'm guilty of everything. Would you give me some grace and mercy? And, and I hear him coming down the hall. I hear keys rattling because he holds the keys to everybody's prison. Listen, it's one thing to have the guard of the prison there. It's quite another thing to have the God of the prison there. And if anybody in this house right now wants out of any prison that you're in, if you can say these great words, Help me, Jesus! You be seated. I got about six minutes. Six minutes. Do you know God's so awesome? It's just as easy for God to free an entire nation. He, he, he gave three million people the greatest jailbreak ever recorded. He sprung those ex-cons out in one night. They weren't any more moral, holy, and pure than the Egyptians. Here's how they came out. They were in a blood covenant. No, you, you, you didn't hear me. Uh, have you got Zechariah? Would you get Zechariah? You, you don't believe me. As for thee also, by Zach the blood Zach of thy covenant. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 10 and 11. By the what? As for thee also, by the blood of thy covenant. The blood is what will bring you out every time. Watch this. I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit where there was no water. Wherein is no water. Because of the blood. Not because of your goodness, not because of your holiness, not because you desire it, no. but because there's blood speaking for you. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm almost done. Go ahead. Turn you to the stronghold, ye, ye prisoners, prisoners of, of hope. hope. Stop. Every you may see that every generation of God's believing people have always been prisoners of hope. And God is saying to those of you here tonight, who have but a slimmer and a glimmer of hope. He said, use your hope and direct it towards the stronghold. Jesus is the stronghold. He said, ye prisoners of hope, turn ye to the stronghold. Don't turn to church. Turn ye to the stronghold. You know why? Because there's only one thing recorded in God's book that can emancipate and free a soul. Ye shall know the... And the truth shall. Church doesn't make you free. 
No, you got to have good church. It don't make you free. An organization don't make you free. A good, great choir like this, fine preaching staff like you, they won't make you free. You shall know the Only the truth is the emancipating fiction of God. Now here's our problem. We have got to a generation that has divorced truth between precept and the person. But the truth was a person before it was a precept. Jesus said, I am the truth. See, we've got people that can quote Bible till their brain falls out. But it ain't quoting Bible. You shall know Yada, intimately, the person of the truth. If you can quote scripture and memorize scripture and spit it out like Johnny James, wonderful. But if you never meet the author of that truth, you're just religious. Jesus came, watch, to take the precepts off the page and put it in your bosom. That's why he gives people the Holy Ghost to make precept personal possession. It's not so you can talk in tongues and go, no, 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 no. It's to take principles and precepts, put them into your person, give you the energy and the divine nature of God so you can practice the precept and please Him. The greatest thing you could give God this year is not an offering. You ought to give one. He deserves it. But He don't need your money being that He makes gold and diamonds and rubies and we just print paper. The greatest thing you could ever give God this year is to please Him. For Revelation 4 and 11 says, For all things were created by you, O great God, and they were created for thy pleasure. So you need to ask yourself now, before you put the little Christmas bow on your head, just ask yourself, Hey, Flash, am I pleasing God? Or am I living in the prison to please other people? The worst altar you could worship at is the altar of somebody else's opinion. We have a generation that is spending their life trying to please themselves, please their husbands and wives, please their moms and dads, their neighbors, their friends, their Aunt Lucy, their Uncle Billy, and don't ever take no time to please God. Listen to me. Enoch was translated, but before his translation, he had this testimony. He pleased God. I don't care how much you run. I don't care if you jump out of the balcony and talk in tongues on the way down and crash through the wall and bust through sheetrock and come back uninjured. If you do not please God, you're just a church junkie. God can set a nation of three million people free. <clears throat> As easy as he can, one soul. He can take a Samaritan woman who's shacking up with some guy. And by the way, he never, you know, he gave her the greatest revelation of God that anybody ever received in the world, that God is spirit. And they that worship him, worship him in spirit. Too. That chick was shacking up with some guy. When, well, if I had time, could I preach there's a miracle sitting on your well? 
that chick come up to get another drink of water and here's a well sitting on her well. And the well said, hey, baby, give me a drink. Said, how is it you being a Jew? See, every time you go to get honest, you always start getting religious. How come you being a Jew? Ask uh, me, a Samaritan. You cats ain't got nothing to do with us, baby, if you knew who was talking to you. You'd put your bucket down and open your heart. And you'd get drunk as a skunk. Now, I'm paraphrasing. She said, the well is deep. That's the damn the liar, the devil. He's trying to tell you the well is too deep for you to get your bucket down. Oh, no. Repentance can go way down. Finally, got her convinced. He says, I'd like to have a drink of that water so I never come back here and thirst. Yeah, give me some of that water. As soon as he said, give me some of that water, he said, go call your husband. She went, uh, 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 yeah, uh, whoa, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, right. Uh, bro. Well, I don't have a husband. He goes, you're right, baby. You've had, you've had five of them to catch your shacking up with now. He ain't your old man either. Notice it didn't bother him. It only bothers church people. God don't care if you're shacking up with somebody right now. Listen to me. He doesn't care if you're on drugs, if you're a fag, a queer, a twinkie, you're a rapist, a child molester. He don't give a flip about that. He's got so much power that he can change you in a moment. He can take you out of your mess and make you the greatest trophy of grace this world has ever seen. Don't let the devil tell you you're too far gone. I'm down to my last two minutes. Sit down. Yeah, I know I'm messing with all your little churchy stuff. I just had a guy coming to church. He was shacking up. He's living his hot mama. He comes in, got a pack of cigarettes in his pocket. She's got a pack of cigarettes in hers. They got beer in their refrigerator. Guess what? They both hit the altar, slinging snot, slopping and crying and boo-hooing. They both repented. God gave them the Holy Ghost. And I had some loonies trying to tell me they didn't get it. Why? Well, they're drinking beer and smoking cigarettes and, and they're, they're living and they get, well, they just got to learn. Don't tell me, Elder, they didn't get the real Holy Ghost. In 35 years of this, I ain't never found a fake Holy Ghost. They didn't get the real thing. I guess you did, you judgmental farce. We're all standing here by grace. We're here as debtors to mercy. None of us deserve to be here. Everybody that's ever been forgiven, they're on a flow out of your spirit. Such a sympathy and a compassion towards people. Say, you can come out. You can come out. The door's unlocked. Jesus set me free. He can set you free. Remain standing. I'm, I'm bringing this to a conclusion. Isn't that beautiful? Said, said she's had six men in her life. Seven is the perfect number and Jesus showed up. Said you've had six that didn't work and I'm the man with the plan. I can fix you, baby. Oh, yeah. Now, we've given that chick a bad rap over the years. I've heard a lot of so-called anointed nincompoops 
that try to tell me she was a slut and a whore and an immoral woman. I don't believe none of it except for the last guy because you don't know whether the first guy, five, just left her or died. But we read into stuff. Wait a minute. Let me try it again. We had someone coming to our church the other night. Got an earring here. Got a thing here. Got a couple of them in the eyelash. Hair's purple. He's got his drawers hanging around his kneecaps. He's got more chains on it than a motorcycle. And when he talks to me, he's, he's going, How are you doing? And he's got a, a diamond in his mouth. How you doing? Now you got to watch out because, see, you're real easy to turn around and say, boy, you're something else. And God whispers and said, oh, that's about how you looked to me when I found you. Some of us may not have been into some of the stuff these people are getting in today, but one sin's enough to keep you out of it. I'm going to try it one last time. Any ex-prisoners here? Any ex-convicts? Let's give him some praise.